You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To another episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. My name is Darth Amin. I'm joined as always by my apprentice, Darth Corn Puzzle, aka Anthony Mays. We're reviewing season two of The Bad Batch, episode by episode. If you've missed any of our prior seasons, I guess, of Rule of Two, where we talked about The Mandalorian, we talked about Book of Boba Fett, we talked about Obi-Wan, we talked about Andor, we reviewed most of the TV shows that have come out in the last year from Star Wars. And here we are doing Bad Batch Season 2. Don't miss, at the end of this episode, we will also discuss the latest trailer from The Mandalorian. A little foreshadowing for some of the stuff that's about to happen that I think is pretty cool. Mm. But Maze, I want to get right into this episode, and I'm going to call it what it is. Filler! (laughs) No way. This is a filler episode. Well... You have a 16-episode season. You need some filler. You need some filler, but also I realize that this might be a generational gap thing because, Maze, you are of the generation of people whose first Star Wars movie experience, not at home, was The Phantom Menace. I mean, I'll go one further on you. I spent a disgusting amount of time playing the Star Wars Pod Racer video game for N64. So this is just... There you go. Inject it right into my veins, folks. Nostalgia, like the pills Mm. in the TV show The Watchmen. Just pop some of these nostalgia pills and relive your entire life. And to me... It reminds me of everything I hated about Phantom Menace. Yes. This race scene will not end. Get it over with. I was excited at the beginning. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's going to be a wrecker and tech-focused episode, and we don't really see as much about those guys. Those guys are a bit more one-dimensional as opposed to Hunter, who, of course, is the leader and we see a lot of, and Echo, who we know of from the Clone Wars and has a backstory and is a little bit more fleshed out, or even Crosshair, who we saw an episode of last week, but again, is a little bit more complex and textured. So I was delighted until we arrived on this motor speedway, and I was like, oh, Lord, it's going to be a pod racing episode, isn't it? Sophitoma, but they've updated it from pod racing to riot racing. Riot racing, because it's different. Which adds weapons and grenades to turn it into Mario Kart. So it's not just racing. Now you can cheat even more. I guess it's not cheating. It's all part of the game, right? Because there was cheating in pod racing. That's how they try to get Anakin Skywalker up out the box, right? Mm-hmm. They're just taking it even further. 
This episode starts with record Omega playing Dejaric. And Maze, you remember Dejaric, don't you? Oh, yes. I still don't understand it, but I recognize it. That's the game from A New Hope where R2 and Chewbacca are playing on the Millennium Falcon. And it's got like holographed little monsters and they go night to Rook 2 and whatever. And all of a sudden you see a monster go and pick one up and tear it in half. And like, oh, shit. And they're playing for Mantel Mix. Now, Mantel Mix was introduced in season one. It's basically space popcorn. Maybe like a Cracker Jack mix, a trail mix. Some poppycock? Yeah. (laughs) A little bit of all of that. We find out that Echo and Hunter are not here because they're off delivering Nerf Nuggets. And you might say, ew, what's that? But Nerf Nuggets are basically like chicken nuggets made out of Nerfs. What are Nerfs? If you remember in The Empire Strikes Back, Leia, as in form of an insult, calls Han Solo a scruffy-looking nerf herder. And he takes offense to being called scruffy-looking. So nerf herders herd nerfs, and nerfs are what you get nerf nuggets from. As Maze pointed out, they go to Safatoma. As far as I could find, Maze, this is the first mention of this planet. But as they walk the streets, we see it's a very diverse planet, right? You got some Aqualish. You got some Twi'leks. Gotals, Pantorans, Arcona, and Rodians. What's the one that's from the cantina? It's like literally when we cut to the cantina in A New Hope, the first thing we see is an alien pop its head up like Lance Stevenson. Kind of looks like a hammerhead shark a little bit. That's an Arcona. Sid has a racer in this race. She calls him her ringer. He wins the race. His name is Teo. And Teo gets out, and he's a droid. Manti Teo. <laughs> Manti Teo. Voiced by Ben Schwartz, John Ralphio. Yes, I thought I recognized that voice, that annoying, annoying voice. And he helped contribute to the voice of BB-8 as well. Really? I thought J.J. Abrams was the voice of BB-8. It was a couple people. It was Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader. Wow. All right. So... Teo comes out, and he's talking a lot of shit about how he's the best racer ever. He talks shit to tech. What do you know about this and that? We find out that these speeders are basically all mods. They're all modified because, as tech points out, the regular kind of factory speeder doesn't have the speed or the durability to withstand pod racing. While we're talking about speeders or whatever, a big Dawutin shows up named Malegi. And Malegi shows up talking shit to Sid, calling her by her full name, Maze. Sidorin Scaleback. Mm. Malegi is voiced by none other than Winston Zedmore himself, Ernie Hudson. Great voice. Great voice. I'm surprised he hasn't done more voice work. Or maybe he has, and I just haven't known. Dawutins are these big aliens... They evolved from livestock, basically, to more humanoid characters. We saw the first time a Dwootin in The Force Awakens at Maz Kanata's spot. As I said, Malegi's talking shit to Sid about your droiding on shit on my pilot. His pilot is a Nosaurian. We have seen a Nosaurian before, Maze, in the aforementioned Phantom Menace. Clegg Holdfast was his name. And he was a journalist working for Pod Racing Quarterly. Oh, man. He was covering those pod races. Or maybe he was a racer back then. Sports media of the galaxy. Shout out to him. For those who don't know, Dave Filoni is a huge sports fan. He loves, loves, loves the Pittsburgh Penguins. When we went to tour Lucasfilm in San Francisco, Dave was there and he was gracious enough to meet with us. And he came out because they told him the guys from ESPN are here. And so he got super excited. And just wanted to talk nothing but hockey. 
And so Jade Hoy, who was our producer over at ESPN, is a big hockey fan, although he fell off in recent years. So he just started talking like 1970s hockey with Dave Filoni for 30 minutes. And I stood there like a dumbass because all I wanted to do was ask Star Wars questions. And I realized I was that guy because Dave Filoni says, oh, thank God, man. Finally, get me away from these nerds. <laughs> None of them watch sports. He's talking about his writer's room. None of them watch sports. Finally, some sports people. He's like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> I really wanted to ask, like, could Han Solo have died in the carbonite? I had questions. I had so many questions. Malagi and Sid make a bet. If we win the race, it's a lot of money, whatever it is. Race starts, and they're racing, and shit's happening, and blaster bolts are firing, and one of them gets into the crowd and kills somebody. Yeah, there was an announcement by the commentator who said, A friendly reminder to all our spectators, be mindful of blaster fire. Sofatoma Speedway is not liable for any injury, death, or disintegration. Very cheerfully delivered, I might add. Mm -hmm. As they're racing, the course is very cool because it, it goes outdoors, then it goes indoors into a tunnel. Then there are all these obstacles that pop up, electrocutions, all sorts of things like that. While they're going through the tunnel maze, they have ads in there. Nice. Meat sticks and like a certain kind of engine. It's exactly the kind of stuff you'd see, I guess, at a NASCAR event. Jet Venom is the name of Malegi's racer, and he does this thing, this maneuver called the Venom Crunch. Yeah, I was calling this the Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake, yep. The racer behind them, Bosco Bricks, grapples on Teo, and then Jet Venom gets out a little buzzsaw and backs into it, disabling the speeder, and they win. Teo takes a tumble. Malegi wants his money right now. Sid says, I ain't got it. Give it to you tomorrow. Malegi says, that's not how this shit works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. And we've got a little bit of tension here. And Omega jumps in and says, double or nothing. If we win, we get Sid. If we lose, we'll pay you double. And everyone's like, I don't know about that. But this, again, is a great demonstration that Omega has a heart and also kind of like the loyalty of clones. And she feels very loyal to Sid, doesn't want to leave her high and dry. Malegi decides to keep Sid as collateral. Then we get a scene where we're putting Teo back together and he's real opinionated. Yeah, this is like C-3PO when he's legless in Empire Strikes Back and very cocky. Ben Schwartz, Teo, very insistent that he knows what to do. When discussing why are we doing this, Tex says this isn't the first time we had to come to Sid's assistance due to her dealings with people of questionable integrity oh Sid deals with the shady ones and they always got to save her typically when you deal with shady people what does that say about you maze you're probably shady you're probably shady so cut to sid and malegi sitting on a balcony having a conversation oh where did you get these new guys and do they know who you really are and she says i've changed maybe i've changed and he says hustlers like us never change maze Let's her know sooner or later they're going to get to know the real Sid. So that's more innuendo and insinuation that Sid might be a piece of shit eating sloppy steaks. Yeah. With her hair slicked back. Did they not know that? Is there some skeleton in the closet that could come out here? Or there's a skeleton in the closet waiting to happen, meaning she's going to put them over at some point. Because at the end of this episode... 
Leggy warns them, hey, don't trust her. You have her back, but she may not have your back in the same way. There definitely is a foreshadowing of being screwed over by Sid at some point in this season. Cut back to Tech, analyzing the course and the patterns of the racers, and Teo's like, why are you doing that, baby? We don't need no data. It's all about my feel. I go by my gut and all this shit. Tech's trying to bring the analytics, and Teo says, just give me the rock. Get out of the way. The eye test. Yeah, Teo's very much married to the eye test, which I thought was kind of weird that a droid is saying no to data. Isn't that the whole point? Yeah, it was contradictory because earlier in the episode, Teo's saying that because of his droid brain, he can make all these calculations at the drop of a hat. That a human can't, but a Jedi can. Mm. And that goes back to Anakin Skywalker being a great pod racer, not because, oh, you're a really good driver or whatever, but because he literally could see the future pretty much. He could sense what was about to happen before it happened that allowed him to be an incredible pod racer. As he's talking his talk, he gets run over by another racer in the classic gets hit by a bus cinematic trope. (laughs) And it's Bosco Bricks who just walks away, doesn't say anything. Speeder wrecked, doesn't care. This time, there ain't no fixing Teo. He is completely obliterated. So they're about to forfeit the bet, but then Tech says, I'll be the racer, and everyone gasps. And Milagi gives us this line, I never stop a fool from giving his life to make me rich. And Mm. I'm like, I can't wait to use that one in a different context somewhere else, because that's a great line. Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally, and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party, because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer. Because Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh. Folks. Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We get this scene where they're introducing all the racers in this race. Riot champion Jet Venom, Bosco the Mad Bomber Bricks, Steel Claw Kane, Vicious Vid Santari, Haxon the War Gnome, Trajanix, Quick Draw Quasar, the Trickster Flash Ractor, Hyper Rod on his Seven Deuce Blaster, the Count of Monte Fisto, and yes. Tech? <laughs> tech? Is that his name? Is that it? Tech? Just, Just Tech. tech. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> Race starts, Tech is in last. Everyone's telling him, you're in last. He says, it's called strategy. I said, you smug son of a bitch. As he's going on, he does some computations. He realizes not going fast enough, so he breezes through the pit stop. Doesn't even stop. Nope. Just breezes through it to drop his weapons. And the announcer says, in true dodgeball fashion, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. Gets rid of the weapons. They're slowing him down, and now he's going faster. He's competitive now, and they've got these three tunnels that I mentioned earlier, but no one takes the third tunnel because apparently it's messed up in there. But Tech, upon receiving schematics of that tunnel, decides it's the shortest one. It allows me to jump ahead. And because his speeder is faster because he dumped the guns, he can make the jump in the missing gap of the tunnel. There's another racer that follows him in there, which I thought they would show us either him trying to shoot Tech or him... Dying a horrible death because his speeder doesn't go fast enough. He didn't get that payoff. They just stopped showing us him. Tech comes out on the other side. and I mean, Bricks falls. He falls. He doesn't make the jump. I thought it was a little bit more theatric than that. So we're finally down the home stretch, and they try to pull the Venom Crunch on him. Shaking big. But Tech knows it's coming. The last second weaves away so that the claw does not catch him and instead accidentally claws onto Jet Venom's speeder, thus slowing him down, allowing Tech to win. Unnecessary massive dust pile to build suspense for what we already know is going to happen. Sid is let go, and she's very appreciative, and everyone's happy. As they're walking out, and Sid has already walked out, that's when Malegi stops the Bad Batchers and lets them know, I wouldn't trust her if I were you. End scene. Again, I thought it was a filler episode, other than learning that Sid is eating sloppy steaks and slicking her hair back. I didn't learn much. Just feels like it was unnecessary. It was filler. It reminded me of the Mandalorian episode on that rice paddy planet where they helped the locals defeat a walker. I didn't need it. For all the pod racing heads out there, this is for you. Speaking of the Mandalorian maze, we got the latest trailer for the Mandalorian. Most importantly about it, we're going to get some more flashbacks to Grogu's time at the Jedi Temple. Yeah, yeah, we do get that one shot of a bunch of lightsabers at the temple. So maybe... Grogu will get some deprivation tank therapy or something like that. Something to bring those memories back. Oh, Maze, you don't know about the theory. I thought for sure you knew about this theory. What theory? That's not just random Jedi lightsabers during Order 66. That is the live action version of the 
hologram that we saw of Anakin slicing and choking Jedi. When Obi-Wan insists on watching the recordings and Yoda tells him, don't do it, don't do that. And Obi-Wan says, I must know. And he watches it and you see Anakin kind of like flipping the lightsaber and choking one Jedi and striking down another, whatever. That's the Jedi from that scene that we're going to see in this flashback. Meaning, Grogu absolutely at least saw Anakin, maybe knows him, but at the very least saw him. And by the way, they are the same age. Just to point that out again, it's very weird that Anakin Skywalker and Grogu are the exact same age. So yeah, there's a good chance we might see some Hayden Christensen, not only in the upcoming Ahsoka series, but also in Mandalorian Season 3 in the form of a flashback. Maze, how do you feel about all of these shows coming out now, Mandalorian and Ahsoka, utilizing the flashback as methodology to take us back to give us more Hayden Christensen? As many of our listeners know, I am a huge Hayden Christensen stan, dating back to our Takers episode of Cinephobe and his fantastic hat. However, I don't think this will be a major part of this Mandalorian season three. I think this will be a couple minutes at the max. It'll be cool, but I'm not banking on it. What are you looking forward to in the Mandalorian season three? Well, definitely the return of our guy, Grief Karga. Mando! It looks like he's gotten mm-hmm. a nice little glow up. He's got some robes. He's looking luxurious. Another promotion. Another promotion. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard some interesting things about Giancarlo Esposito in this third season. He doesn't appear in the trailer, so they're mm-hmm. sitting on that. But my favorite part was all the Mandalorians dropping out. Yeah, that's a cool scene, man. Jetpacks deploying, paratrooper style. That looks dope. There's going to be a lot of multiple Mandalorian battle scenes, which is probably very complicated to shoot, but looks very cool. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I can't front. That scene has me. First time I saw it, when they jump out the thing and they got, like you said, the jetpacks fire up. It's hard to deny the coolness of that scene. I would say beyond that and beyond maybe we see Anakin Skywalker, maybe we don't. I like the idea of Mando continuing to teach Grogu the ways, right? Yeah. Being a Mandalorian isn't just about fighting. It's about being able to go into any environment, basically, and survive and all that. We're going to get Pelimoto back. We're going to get the Armorer back. We're going to get, obviously, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan Dr. Pershing is riding in a in a spaceship that a lot of people are ripping because it shows off the two-dimensionality, but I think they'll probably polish that up before we get to the final show. We also have those little mechanic animals from, was it Rise of Skywalker? Babu Frick? Yeah, yeah, Babu Frick. We're also going to get Grogu getting stronger in the Force. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. We obviously had the little dalliance of Jedi training in Book of Boba Fett with Luke. And now Grogu is off on his path to being a Mandalorian. He chose the armor. How do we feel about his force powers operating without training? Does that make him more vulnerable to anything? Or is it just a cool thing to have in your back pocket? I thought to myself, wow, this seems incredibly dangerous to allow this kid to walk. (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I would do that, Luke. I don't know if you could let this kid walk. It's either you're going to do this or ignite lightsaber 
you will die. (laughs) Because you can't let someone walk around with that power unchecked without any checks and balances. Yeah. Control. He's literally going to go join some people in which war is a religion. And you expect him to be like well balanced and even killed with this thing? No, man. I think it'll be cool for us in the short term, but I do have concerns about what it means in the big picture if they want to get into that, I guess. It has to at some point. It's one of my big disappointments about Star Wars Rebels, right? Because there was a season where it started with Ezra flirting with the dark side and as an adolescent struggling with that control. And being seduced a little bit by Maul. And then, like, within two episodes, like, nah, he's cool. I thought it was going to be a season-long thing, a tugging or whatever, that he would have to constantly keep addressing and at one point would have to make a a massive decision. That never happened. I won't lie, man. That kind of let me down. So I would be cool to see that happen here with Grogu, where it's like, okay, yeah, he's strong, but this is becoming problematic. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. Make sure you check us out every week right here on Mystery Crate, as long as Bad Batch is going. And I guess Mandalorian is going to start right after that. So we'll be here for a while. For Darth Corn Puzzle, my name's Darth Amin, telling you, hustlers like us never change. Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally, and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party, because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer. Because Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.